Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? See, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, presented by BetMGM. I'm Gilles Gallant, joined by Evan Abrams each and every week. He's our research director here at the Action Network. We're going to dive into all the Sunday NFL action in a second here. Uh, Brandon Anderson will join us shortly for the hot read. And we've got Patrick Everson. He's waiting in the bullpen. He's going to suit up, give us an update on how sportsbooks did in Vegas and how things went for this NFL Sunday. But first, Evan, let's talk about Monday Night Football. We've got a doubleheader right off the hop. Saints-Panthers will be the first game. Saints right now are hovering around three-point favorites with an over-under at 39-and-a-half, and we've seen a ton of overs already this uh, week, uh, too. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. Uh, but looking into this matchup, I'm a little worried about the Panthers' side here. The offensive line issues were a big problem in Week 1 facing Atlanta. Uh, there's injuries on defense, too. Now, J.C. Horn is out for a while on injured reserve. On paper, Evan, this feels like a Saints domination. Like, I'm surprised the line is only at three, but I think – Panthers, divisional dog. That's probably why they're going to be lowering that line a little bit as opposed to maybe four or four and a half. What are you seeing from this matchup? How do you think this one plays out? I mean, from a divisional dog point of view, people are agreeing with you. They like the favorite. So they're going the other way. It's like 70% of tickets right now on New Orleans. So I think people are feeling what you're feeling. I think uh, air yards, Derek Carr was number one in week one. He's throwing it all over the place. He looked better than I thought he would in that game. And I, I think Bryce kind of was what we thought. Uh, and believe I looked up this stat. I don't even have it in front of me. But first round, first overall picks in their second start. We talked about their first start, which was like 0-14. Second start's not any better. So it, it's oh, still, no. <laughs> you know, very low percentage. So I, I, I think Bryce might get a little bit better in week two. But I, I think New Orleans is probably the better play. 
Yeah, and I think if I was to look at touchdowns for this game, because that's usually what I like to bet, I, although I will say, <laughs> if I had to bet a side on this one, I'd be looking at the New Orleans side if it's going to be staying sure. at minus three. But if I'm looking at a touchdown bet for this game, I'm looking immediately at Michael Thomas. Uh, he scored three touchdowns in three games last year, and in week one, I know you kind of just mentioned like Derek Carr looked better. I thought there were some throws that he completely missed, and I don't think right. it was the Titans. I thought just some throws that he was just inaccurate. I'm hoping that he cleans that up for this game because, I mean, he looked for Michael Thomas three times in the end zone in week one, just couldn't convert. And again, I mentioned like Casey, uh, JC Horn rather is out as their number one corner. So I think a lot of the pass catchers for the Saints could have a lot of success uh, in this matchup, specifically Chris Olave as well. Uh, and Juwan Johnson, even Rashid Shahid, he scored a touchdown last week. Um, the other touchdown guy that I would be looking at in this game, though, if I had to bet one for Carolina, it would definitely be Hayden Hurst. He <laughs> led the Panthers in all receiving categories in week one, targets, catches, yards, and he did catch a touchdown, obviously. Um, and that's the thing is that rookie quarterbacks, like just the trend is, is that they kind of are more predictable. Rookies are going to rookie and they they tend to look for their tight ends, right? And, you know, that Saints defensive pressure, especially their defensive line, which was able to really neutralize Derrick Henry in week one. I think that's going to make Bryce Young to have to make some real quick throws. And uh, if it, it just looking for that safety blanket, I think that's the guy that you want to look at. Did you have any picks or, uh, that you wanted for Saints Carolina? Yeah, so I've been doing the 180 challenge with this. I had Dawson Knox last week. Of course, no touchdown, but he did score today. So maybe that'll start to be a trend. But it's actually funny. I didn't even I didn't even look at your script. And so I went back to the well with my 180 challenge, which is, you know, about an 18 to 1 or one or longer uh, touchdown score. I, I, I thought about Jawan Johnson, uh, but I went with Hayden Hurst. So 18 to one, two receptions, two targets in the red zone in week one. Obviously, like you said, scored the touchdown. I think he's going to get the blanket targets from uh, Bryce. So I'm down. I'm in. Yeah, and I have no, I have no play on the total right now at thirty nine and a half. We saw a lot of totals this week at just around the forty range just get demolished. I, I don't even want to touch a total right now until <laughs> we look at maybe games next week. Uh, but let's talk about one eighty. Let's talk about the Steelers and the Browns. One yep. team that definitely needs to make a one eighty is the Steelers <laughs> because week one was just an obliteration by the Forty ers on them. And if we don't see preseason Kenny Pickett in this game. I think the Steelers have no shot and the sports books right now, we've got it at uh, minus two and a half at bet MGM over under a 38 um, in that game versus the 49ers, man. He looked, he looked like last year. He looked lost. He looked tentative. There was misreads, accuracy issues. Now, some of that you can attribute to the 49ers defense being so strong, but there were plays that he had and he just couldn't make them. Right. And, and, and Evan, this is more of the funny thing, too. Is, uh, so last week, we were pretty critical of Deshaun Watson, just as far as the way <laughs> he was playing. Um, and we were got told that maybe we were being a little too harsh. Well, I'm sorry, but if he plays as poorly as he did last week, the Browns just aren't going to be able to move the ball. And now Amari yeah. Cooper isn't going to play as well. That's his safety blanket out on the outside. You're going to see a lot more of Donovan Peoples-Jones. And uh, I mean, obviously, Nick Chubb is going to get a lot of his carries as well. Are you going to be doing anything for 180 Challenge for this? What kind of pick would you see uh, for this game? Yeah, so I think just overall, the betters are looking at the under here. 74% of tickets on the under. The under has dropped five points, it looks like, 43 oh to 38 from the look ahead in the opener. Uh, I mean, if I was going to pick a 180 for this one, I, I think the right one would be Najoku. I was looking at Najoku, Elijah Moore, and Jalen Warren, who were around like that 17 to 1 to 18 to 1 range. 
listen, I, I think Najoku's always been the, the uh, red zone target for Watson. Uh, and even last year, 19 to 8 against uh, Harrison Bryant in terms of red zone targets. So I'll give it a shot. I, I think it's probably a little undervalued at about the 18 to 1, 19 to 1 range. Uh, he likes Najoku, so let's do it. Well, also, too, there's a ton of trends and data that back up uh, Mike Tomlin as a home dog, Mike Tomlin yeah. coming off a loss. There's a lot of momentum to wanting to pick Pittsburgh in this spot. Um, yeah. And same thing with the over-under. Uh, a divisional matchup, you probably will go under, especially with the way that it's trending. But I- I'm with you on Najoku touchdown especially because of how he fares in these divisional matchups. So he has 19 career touchdowns. 11 of them are against AFC North teams. So like he has wow. a 40% touchdown rate when he plays against AFC North teams. And that drops to 15% when he's playing teams outside of the division. So, and the Browns, uh, you know, Harrison Bryant scored last week. We did see Deshaun Watson look for the tight end in that spot. And that's why I think you got to do the tight end double on this game. I think you got to look at a guy like Pat Fryermuth as well for the, for the Steelers, because um, no Deontay Johnson. I think George Pickens, as awesome as he is, you're really going to have one or two shots. And if he scores a touchdown, it'll be spectacular. But you're not going to see kind of like this run and catch type of thing from Pickens. It's probably going to be more passes over the middle. And Pickett has really trusted him, makes up over uh, just over 50% of red zone target share with Kenny Pickett, a quarterback, goes to uh, Pat Fryer move. So that's Monday Night Football. Now let's talk about Sunday, which was an insane day, man. Underdogs, 8-5 and five against the spread, but only 5-8 and eight to the money line. Still some pretty big dogs came through today. Uh, road teams, 12-4 and four against the spread in Week 1, but they dropped to 6-7 and seven, uh, in Week 2, entering Sunday Night Football. But the totals, to me, is the story, Evan. 12-1 and yeah. one to the over, entering Sunday Night Football. The offensive resurgence that we've been begging for finally comes to it. What else did you see on Sunday? Yeah, not only 12-1 and one to the over for full game, so even first halves, 9-3-1 and one to the over, entering Sunday Night Football. And first half unders were 10-6 and six last week. That, so those 12 overs for full game is tied them for the most in any week since 2005 so if we get one more over it'll be one of the you know craziest weeks we've seen in terms of points and i just think a fun little nugget to just represent how crazy this like the 1 p.m and 4 p.m slate was is the five biggest public sides so that was the giants bills 49ers bears and Bengals, according to the action network just buffalo covered and then a ticket kind of running around right now which is a special at a sports book which was basically every team in the 1 p.m and 4 p.m window to right. kick a field goal which was like 180 to 1 and 200 to 1 those hit as well so there was a ton of points ton of overs so interesting especially after what 12 and 4 for unders in week one so just a a twist of fortune so far well as a touchdown better i definitely enjoy this <laughs> uh this uh resurgence of offense just to be able to uh, have uh, some enjoyable games instead of watching inept football. Now, one team that I thought looked completely inept in one half and then completely turned it on in the second half, that is the New York Giants. To me, this is the most top game of the day just because of how fun it was, how silly it was, all the little ripple effects. Giants, Cardinals, Giants win 31 to 28. Cards do cover, but the over hits, uh, uh, with at the over under of again 39 and a half but it was just a huge comeback because the Giants are down 20 to nothing at halftime 
They have odds as high as 19 to one on the money line to come back. It's the first time since 1978 that a team uh, has been skunked, just not been able to score points in six quarters. And then Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley just take over and combine for three touchdowns. I don't even know what to make of this game when you talk about like moving forward, right? Like if you're going to like try to take something from the game to try to get something actionable after it, like again, Giants look so bad, you know, being down 60 nothing through six quarters. And then all of a sudden the Giants, you know, all of a sudden spark. I think you have to talk about the Saquon injury as well. You know, right now yeah. Sunday night, I'm not sure exactly what that looks like. And the Giants are quick, right? They've got to go to San Francisco for Thursday night football. They're staying west. So we'll see how that goes. But without Saquon, they're just a completely different team. So, And the one note I got to make, Arizona. So I was reporting some of this for the Action Network. 19% of bets this week. Uh, 22% of bets last week. And Arizona covered both games. They're the mm-hmm. first team since 2005, 22% of tickets or less, to cover both games in week one and week two. So nobody wanted to bet Arizona. And all of a sudden, here we go, Arizona, 2-0 against the spread. And hat tip to Stucky, there is there is a possibility Arizona goes 0-17 straight up and 17-0 against the spread. We've got to be here for it. That would be amazing. Again, but they're this type of team. Two weeks in a row, they come out real strong and they kind of surprise you because I think these teams, they come in there and they take them light. Like New York, they probably looked at their schedule and just thought that's an easy win, you know? <laughs> and uh, and there's so many ripple effects. Like I got Cardinals' worst record. I know guys that have, you know, last winless team, you know, and they're just on their Cardinals because they were probably close to being the favorite on that spot. Uh, so yeah, a lot of ripple effects, a lot of fun here. And uh, another game that had a lot more fun too was Chargers Titans. So one of the games that went to overtime, our colleague Nick Giffen had an overtime parlay ticket with Chargers Titans and uh, and, and uh, Seahawks Lions. So again, we'll talk about that more in a second. But Chargers Titans, Char- uh, Titans win twenty seven to twenty four in overtime. Again, the over hits over under of forty five. Chargers again lose as favorites, and the Chargers man just just charging themselves over and over again. Vrabel now moves to 25 and 15 and one against the spread as an underdog. Now this defense, we were talking about the saints and uh, whether or not, or at least I was wondering, is this the saints defense that's doing this to Ryan Tannehill or is Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill. And right now, even the Chargers defense can make a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill look good because he ran for a touchdown. He looked like an above average quarterback making plays and again, just not sure if it's the Saints and Derek Carr that are just incompetent. But, you know, the Chargers also have these seven different players run the football today. Like if Austin Eckler is out, like it's just a crapshoot for picking a running back uh, two for player props. Uh, did you take anything else away from the Chargers Titans? I mean, I had the Titans, so I love the situation. I love the outcome. And again, I just it's crazy to always look at the Chargers expectations. So they're 0 and 2 for the first time since 2017 and just the second time since 2008. And I find that shocking because they just never start this slow and we always talk about, you know, maybe they fade late and all those types of things, but just a different team in a different type of situation. We'll talk about Kansas City again in a little bit, but they're 2 and 0. They look awful and they're leading the division. So who the heck knows with the AFC West? Uh the one note I think that is interesting, Vrabel, 23 and 22 straight up as a head coach. Minimum 20 games as a head coach in our Bet Lab system last 20 years. 98 head coaches. Vrabel's the only one over over 500. So wow. he is the dog whisperer, and he, he then tends to do this all the time. So good for that. 
Seahawks Lions, another overtime thriller. Seahawks win in overtime, 37 to 31. You're going to hear this a lot. The over hit, the over under at 47. Lions were four and a half point home favorites. And Lions games, uh, six and two to the over now in September games under Dan Campbell. And as we just alluded to, it's a score fest in Detroit. And one of the things I always enjoy now watching Detroit Lions games is the Campbell gamble. It, it's the fourth down, like where you're like, what are you doing? Oh, it worked. And twice it did not work. They went for it on fourth down three times. One of them was very costly. And then also just Jared Goff throwing a pick. We haven't seen that uh, in a long time. He had 384 pass attempts. That was the first interception that he's thrown in that. It was 44 passes short of the INT record that Aaron Rodgers held. Not only was it was an interception, it it was a bad time for an interception too. Like you could have thrown it in the first quarter and it would have been fine, but that wasn't, wasn't the time, wasn't the place. Well, and if you were an overbetter, I don't think you were really sweating the over, but at the same time, it was uh, very convincing and very uh, relieving when you watch the pick six happen because then it goes in and then it immediately cashes the over. You still have a ton of game left to enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed this game. What what kind of uh, trends did you take away from uh, Detroit here? Because uh, Detroit, I'm sure, was uh, a popular pick maybe amongst the public, but I know that amongst a lot of sharp bettors, a lot of people were on the Seahawks to uh, cover and uh, win this outright. Yeah, I feel like from an like an action network point of view, everyone was on Seattle. I had I got six, everyone got four and a half, five. Uh, ended up working out in overtime. Feels like every time Seattle and Detroit meet, it's a thousand points. I believe the last few years or over the last five years, they've met a few times and they've you know combined for fifty or sixty points in each. So that's definitely something that was talked about entering this. One thing I feel like that's interesting. This is probably one of the biggest Lions games at home in terms of. You know, <laughs> that's true yeah. situation like there was just <laughs> coming off the Kansas City win. So this was just such a letdown uh, in that spot, a fun trend. So Seahawks tend to perform well under Pete Carroll after a home loss. Now 21, 11 and one against the spread. And Pete Carroll just in general tends to overperform. His team is 500 or better against the spread as a dog eight straight years. So they're usually about 500 or he tends to overperform a game or two above. Uh, and, and the one note looking ahead, Montgomery got hurt. Amon Ra was a bit banged up and now they get Atlanta. So I believe they're laying like five points right now. Atlanta could be an interesting spot coming off a uh, close comeback. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Evan, more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you a 360-degree preview of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com NFL. Now time for the hot read from our own Brandon Anderson. He went 2-0 this week. Brandon, what do you have us looking for at early week three lines? Hot rock. Blue 17. Nice right. Ice cream. Jose. Blue the Raiders. 19 salad. 19. Louisville Soul Train. All right. Thanks, guys. Let's get right to the week three hot read. Last week, we had a great start. We're 2-0 and on the hot read. We took Seahawks plus five and a half, closed at four and a half. So even with all the Seattle injuries, we still got some CLV. Seahawks won outright in overtime. And then Chiefs, minus two and a half on the hot read. 
Closed at three and a half. We got past that key number. We got the right side of it. Chiefs won by eight. So we're 2-0 on the hot read. We're getting that closing line value. That's the goal here. Get the line before it moves. So we're going to start out with a little different choice than usual. Going to Thursday night and taking the 49ers minus 10 against the Giants. Normally, I don't play a lot of high lines, but I think this one's going higher. We got blowout city coming in San Francisco. Last three times, the Giants played a really good team. Cowboys last week, 40 to nothing. Eagles in the playoffs, they lost by 31. Eagles in the regular season, 26. So when the Giants play real teams, it's not going well for them. When they play the Cardinals, it's not going well for them. They need a miracle half comeback uh, later on in the game just to barely squeak by what we mostly think is the worst team in the league. So I think this shapes up as a huge Niners win. Right now, San Francisco has won 12 straight regular season games. Eight of the 12 wins are by 13 or more. I think that's about where this line's going to end up. We're getting at 10. So I'm going to grab it now. Giants defense is terrible. They were dead last in DVOA against the run. This is the exact sort of team that the Niners just run it up on. So why now? Why minus 10? We got Saquon Barkley. Looks like I don't think he's going to play in this one. We got an ankle injury, maybe high ankle. We're not totally sure yet. And that line is a mess. Andrew Thomas, the one really good player, was out today with a hamstring injury. The guards are both getting benched and in and out of the game. It's just a really disaster. So no line. Saquon Barkley, we don't know if he's going to play. I don't think he's going to be out there. Take the Niners. A couple Thursday-only trends for you. Underdogs like the Giants, who won by three or less the week before, 11-18 and 18 against the spread, only 38%. Niners, favorites of seven or more on Thursday nights, 61%. So I think this gets to maybe 13 by the end of the week. That's a little teaser protection, so you can't tease under a touchdown. Give me the Niners, minus 10 And then we'll go to Sunday. I'm going back to my Atlanta Falcons, plus five on the road in Detroit. This one's going to sound a lot like the one we did last week. Seattle at a similar number in Detroit. And I think it's a pretty similar sort of read. Two teams that are pretty close to each other, but the line is too high. And I don't think Atlanta's getting enough respect yet. The Falcons are pretty good. They played the Packers today. They ran 31 more plays. They nearly doubled Green Bay in yards. 12 more minutes with the ball. They only won by one, only at the end. But I think that's mostly because they went 2-5 in the red zone. They convert a little bit more comfortably all those field goals, and I think Atlanta's looking a lot better. Bijan Robinson is absolutely electric out there. And Desmond Ritter, slow start, but they got him running the second half. And that reminded me a little bit of Daniel Jones. I know not the highest praise in the world, but... I think they found something there. And that defense, they found a little bit too. Lions, I don't know. That defense, bottom five last year. I'm not sure they look so improved. We just saw them give up 37 to the Seahawks. And that opening night Chiefs performance doesn't look so great defensively. Now after the Chiefs only put 17 on the Jaguars. So I like Atlanta here. I think they're just as good as Detroit. And again, look at the injury list. Lions running back David Montgomery. He says himself he thinks he'll be out for a couple weeks with a quad injury. Jameer Gibbs, the rookie, he had an ankle injury. Amon Ra, he was out. He came back in. Possible turf toe. We don't know if he'll go. That's all the weapons on offense. And then the offensive line has a couple injuries. James Houston, very likely the injury news is going to push this line towards Atlanta. So I like the Falcons here at the plus five. 
If you follow me on the Action Network app, I put this in as a, a bonus look ahead on the money line too, plus 205. If you haven't played that yet, plus 180. I like the money line too. I think the Falcons go to Detroit, get the win on the road. So hot reads for week three, the Atlanta Falcons plus five, 49ers minus 10. Back to you guys. All right. Thank you, Brandon. Now let's talk about more games here. Ravens and Bengals. Ravens win 27 to 24. The over hits again. You're going to hear that a lot today. Uh, (laughs) Bengals as three point favorites. I Looked very disjointed here. Uh, and now since the start of 2021, Lamar Jackson 6-0 and against the spread as an underdog. We've seen this movie before. The Bengals go 0-2 to start the season. They've kind of been starting slow. I don't really want to panic yet, but, I mean, they play like they lack urgency, dude. Like, they, like I don't know what's going on with Joe Burrow and what they're going on in third down because they were converting, but... The Ravens were just faster on defense. It looked like they were actually like trying to win the game. It's not to say the Bengals weren't trying to win, but it just it's like they weren't there was no battery pack, you know, in their back kind of thing, right? So Ravens too, they ran the ball pretty efficiently, 5 yards a carry. I mean, they pretty much just bled the Bengals out. Um and really since the the only way that they were even keeping this game close, they needed that big special teams touchdown from their rookie uh, Charlie yeah. Jones to keep it close. Uh so now the Bengals, they got the Rams next week. I mean, they don't want to go into their bye in week four at 0-3. I mean, the way I look at it, something's up with Burrow. Yeah, 37% success rate, 30th in the NFL, uh, and that's going to be updated after Sunday Night Football. But not great. You know, six quarters without a touchdown, and then I think he went two to Higgins, uh, basically to kind of get back in that game. But something's wrong. And again, Cincinnati 0-2 for the fourth time in five years. Almost feels impossible, but no camp. And, you know, the calf injury, something feels off. And I think it's six and a half points right now for the Rams. Uh, I believe it's Sunday, Monday night football uh, next week. I feel like the Rams are an interesting spot. Uh, I kind of like those points. Anything over six, six and a half, I think is intriguing. Um, aside from that, you talked about the Lamar stats, 17 and four against a spread as an underdog or a favorite of three or less usually comes through. So all the injuries on Baltimore's side didn't, didn't really tend to matter. They stayed in the game. They figured out a way. Uh, Say Flowers also just looks great. <laughs> it's awesome. Just like so, so, so good. Yeah. Chiefs, Jaguars. Chiefs win 17 to 9. Biggest total on the board of the week. Public just took a bath on it. The under hits. Chiefs cover as three and a half point favorites. Mahomes 5 and 0 straight up, 4 and 1 against the spread now in his career versus the Jaguars. And I got a bone to pick with the Jaguars, man. They blew this game. Like they just. They had so many opportunities. They could not convert off that muff punt. And then they take that complete chicken shit field goal at the start of the fourth quarter. And instead of being like, they went to 14-9 instead of trying to tie the game. And the Chiefs immediately come down and get a field goal. And it was just like, you knew it was inevitable. You can't give Mahomes chances. Uh, I mean, the first half was a slog. Neither team could really get anything going. But I don't think this was a good day for Trevor Lawrence for his MVP campaign wasn't good for either team. I uh, just, the offense looks wrong in both places. Uh, 82% of tickets was on the over, I believe it was the most public over of the day. And, and guess what? The one game to go under. Uh, so, so much fun. Such a great situation. Jacksonville, no touchdown, 20 to one hits. Uh, Mahomes, 27, 18 and one road neutral against the spread. So tends to cover better on the road than he does at home. And just a fun one. Uh, if you were watching the game and had Mahomes over passing yards, it hit on the final throw to Sky Moore for 54 yards. So 
uh, in a game where probably every under hit possible, Mahomes nails it 305 uh, on the final play. Well, let's go back and talk about games that went over, such as the Bears Buccaneers, <laughs> another game with a very low total around 41. Uh, game finishes Bucks win 27 to 17. Now that over, this is the one thing that's a little tricky here because this was almost hilarious to me. Now, I didn't bet the under, I didn't bet the over, but I know if you had the under, you were crushed by Justin Fields' inept ability to know that you don't need to throw interceptions that, or try to make a play that close to your own territory. Like, and not only that, throughout the game, like he was repeatedly just getting crushed in the pocket. Um, you know, Fields now 8-19 against the spread in his oh. career. Um, and again, that pick six in the fourth quarter was just a backbreaker. Um, also, another thing that I have a, a bone to pick with, Baker Mayfield <laughs> was making a play near the end of the first half. Again, another gripe if you had the under. Um Quarterback is extending for first down. I think it's fair game to hit a quarterback out of bounds, like when they're reaching the ball to try to get it past the line. I think it's fair game to, to knock him out, like kind of thing. And anyway, the, the Bears got a stupid penalty on that. It put the Bucks at the seven. They score a touchdown immediately from there. So again, just a lot of disappointment, but you know, sometimes maybe just jubilation of laughing at Justin Fields continue to make mistakes. Yeah, Bears just lose again. It's just every week you just continue to extend the streaks. Uh, it's just bad. Uh, Fields 3-20 and 20 straight up as an underdog in his career. Uh, it's the worst of any quarterback uh, in the last <sighs> 20 years. Uh, and, and, you know, you just think – you talk about the funny stats when it comes to Fields preseason and all the hype. And, again, just looked awful in week one against Green Bay, but he was second most bet player to win the MVP when the season started. Everyone was on the hype train. Uh, and then I think the biggest issue when you talk about it's not even just the offense, like trying to get, you know, figured out DJ Moore and, you know, different situations there. The biggest issue is the defense. So causing no turnovers this year, Baker Mayfield, no interceptions. And it's just you're not causing any turnovers and Fields is turning over the ball. It's just a bad recipe. All right, let's now talk about Packers Falcons. Falcons win 25 to 24. The over does hit. But what a silly ending to the way this went. Uh, you know, the Falcons were trailing 24 to 12 entering the fourth quarter. Uh, so I was kind of, this is one of the games like you're watching like, you know, eight games at a time. I would probably say this is the one that I probably was watching the least during the 1 p.m. slate. And I tried to watch as much as I could, but I was just like, all right, well, the Falcons, uh, they're probably done now at this point. Anyway, but still Matt LaFleur. 15 and four against the spread as an underdog for his coaching the Packers in his career three and oh with Jordan Love. Uh, now I will say because you've been bringing up first half results and totals. <laughs> I did see one of my buddies. He was on the first half uh, uh, over and young way. Koo misses the extra point just before Gosh. the end of the first half to swing the total. I just felt so bad for him. It's just such an odd situation when, all right. So I had a lot of money on Atlanta. I liked Atlanta this week. I had the money line, certain things like that. They made the big comeback, but it's weird to say going forward, I felt better about green Bay and their offense and the composure of love than I did about Ritter. Ritter looked bad at certain times in the game and just feels a little bit lost. Uh, I think we have to continue to say the stat just because it's fun. He's 30, and zero at home, uh, straight up college and pros. So, you know, just a fun trend to put out there. But I think overall, played really bad. And Atlanta, again, goes on the road next week in Detroit. Detroit's without Montgomery and, you know, coming off, a, you know, a really hot-fought game, overtime, injuries. Atlanta, you know, getting a few points might be good. But I like Atlanta this year, and Ritter just looks really, really bad. 
The Action Network Podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. All right, Evan, let's wrap this up. 49ers, Rams, 49ers win 30 to 23. The Rams do cover, but the overhits. And this is just a bad beat if you took the Niners because the Rams come down. Sean McVay had the Rams. He clearly bet the Rams. Rams come down with a late field goal. Brett Maher, of all people, you know, we saw what he was doing with the Dallas Cowboys last year. He hits a field goal in the closing seconds. Uh, but, Evan, I think the 49ers, they just got too many weapons. Like, Debo makes three guys miss. They score a late touchdown. Uh, and uh, another special note, Puka Nakua, uh, no touchdowns, but did break the record for most catches ever in the first two games of his career with 20. I want to talk about Commanders Broncos. We'll talk about this one just a little bit more because the ending of how this went. So again, uh, Commanders went out right as uh, underdogs over goes way over. Brandon Johnson, who has two touchdowns, has that crazy Hail Mary touchdown uh, that puts the Broncos in position to be able to get that two-point convert. Um, yeah, that the game to me, uh, Broncos were up 21-3 to with six minutes to go in the first half. Russell fumbles and they proceed to get outscored 28 to three the rest of the game or, or 28 to 10 rather after that Hail Mary touchdown. And then Raiders Bills, Bills went 38 to 10. Not really much to take away from this game other than the Bills just did what the Bills were supposed to do because Jimmy Garoppolo, he's 16 and seven straight up, 18 and five against the spread as an underdog in his NFL career. And that don't matter because if Josh Allen and the offense is just cooking, eh, the Bills will just destroy them. Uh, and then also uh, Damian Harris, he did score. Uh, with five minutes to go to seal the over of 47 with the final score of 38 to 10. <laughs> so if you had the over, that Dame is Harris touchdown was so clutch. Uh, Colts, Texans, Colts went 31 to 20. Uh, Texans were, th- this game flipped throughout the week. Colts were favorites at one point, then the Texans closed as favorites. The over under at 39 and a half. Colts offense is pretty much just Anthony Richardson now two quick scores in the first quarter and then got a concussion on the second score. Yeah. Uh, so uh, more Gardner Minshew, I think. And honestly, uh, I'll let you kind of comment on this. This is kind of why I think dual threat quarterbacks don't last. 
yeah, I think it's a tough spot as well. So Minshew one and ten straight up in his last eleven starts. He's eight and sixteen straight up as a starter. Doesn't tend to put up a ton of points except for a few starts here or there. I just think without Richardson, who had three rushing touchdowns in two games before the injury, and I believe Ryan Kelly got hurt as well. He had a concussion out for Indy. So just a really, really bad spot next week in Baltimore against a Baltimore team coming off the win. Normally I'd say, okay, let's look to you know try to go the other way next week. But I think Baltimore gets healthier, and God forbid they have to face Minshew. I'd probably lay a big number there. Finally, this is probably the stinker of the day because I think we all kind of anticipated what this was going to be, but also at the same time, we just had hope for Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. But the Cowboys win 31 to 10 over the Jets. The overhits because the total was at 38 and a half and the Cowboys cover because they were minus nine and they didn't have any trouble covering that number because the Cowboys pretty much just picked them apart early. The game wasn't really close. If you thought Zach Wilson was bad or the Cowboys defense was good, this game just reaffirmed it really uh so yeah that that was pretty much sunday now let's check in with patrick everson with vegas insider to talk about the latest rumblings in the sports betting capital of the world in las vegas okay patrick you had boots on the ground today you were at many different properties and casinos and sports books what was the vibe how did the books do overall today for week two on the sunday well, it sounds like it was a good day behind the counter. Not so good for folks like us on, on this side of the counter. The betters did not have the best of days against the NFL. There were certainly a couple of decisions that fell uh, in favor of the betters. Uh, the Chiefs obviously being one of them. Everybody, a lot of people expected them anyway to have a bounce back week. Although I did talk with one odds maker, Jill, that said actually the Chiefs was good at their operation, which is fortuitous because generally speaking, the Chiefs was definitely a, a loser for most sportsbook operators as, as a lot of the public was piling on the Chiefs and putting them in their money line parlays and, and, and so forth. So it uh, just kind of depended on where you, what, what book you frequented, I guess. But generally, uh, even beyond that, though, it was a pretty good day for the odds makers. A couple of games that they pointed out that, that went really well, three of them, in fact, turned them big winners, Jill. Titans, Ravens, Seahawks, all big winners. Okay. And and with that, uh, this, this odds maker noted the loss on the Chiefs. You know, Kay said you can't win them all, but uh, we did really well with those three. So it took a lot of the sting out of that Chiefs loss. But yeah, Titans, Ravens, Seahawks, the Niners giving up the – or the Rams getting, I guess, depending on how you look at it, that very inconsequential field goal. Except as we know in sports betting, it's never inconsequential, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, taking the Niners from a cover – and a whole lot of people had the Niners in their parlays and so forth and, and just needed a cover there to, to maybe finish it off or even keep it alive if they were rolling it into the Dolphins on Sunday night, which they probably were. That kick there certainly worked in favor of bookmakers, generally speaking. A lot of people still had Niners and teasers and money line parlays, and obviously it didn't hurt those at all. The Rams getting the, I guess, backdoor cover, if you will, on that final second field goal to, <laughs> I don't even know why you're kicking it really, but... Whatever, uh, the betters have to have to settle with it. The points count. Well, I, I find it interesting that you said that the sports books uh, did well on the Titans, Ravens, and Seahawks, which all came down to overtime games. Well, the Ravens mm-hmm. was a one possession game, but it all came down to some just a, a handful of plays where it could have went the other way for the sports sure. books very easily. You uh, bet. Another game, though, that had kind of a swing in the line and odds throughout the week uh, was Atlanta and Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that situation and how betters may have fared, but also sports books where you're seeing 
a line open on one side and then close on the other side with the favorite. Right. And that guy, I mean, it, it jumped the fence, I believe, midweek from Packers favored to Falcons favored. And the Falcons were definitely a sharp play this week. And then this morning, I think you saw it, Jill, this number went up like from one and a half to three this morning. And I think it closed three as well. So uh, that surprised me a little bit. And I did have at least one odds maker tell me that that was on sharp play that got Atlanta up to three, or at least sharp play contributed to it. Maybe the public was involved a little bit too, but you know, Green Bay, even without Aaron Rodgers, I think is a more public team than, uh, than the Atlanta Falcons. So that was surprising to me, but another thing that surprised me a little, and I guess it was just a matter of when the numbers were at what they were, Jill, but one odds maker told me this evening that it did not help them at all to have that game fall at Atlanta one because you could have gotten obviously Packers up to three mm-hmm. if you bet it late. So you're going to Packers betters are going to cash. Uh, you could have got Atlanta at plus one, plus one and a half early. That's all going to cash. Every bet that was made when the line was at one is going to get a refund. So he said, look, that landing one was a really bad result. He said, falling right on the number. Uh, we got middled on that, basically. It wasn't even a sided situation. It was more of a middle situation where they're just paying out lots and giving refunds as well. All right. Well, Patrick, let's get you out of here on this one. We're already looking mm-hmm. into week three. Is there any mm-hmm. game next week that has saw maybe some early sharp action, line movement that we need to start paying attention to? Absolutely. Uh, th- and this probably won't surprise anybody with the Giants looking awful, dreadful for a half, really, for six straight quarters, if you want That's to count right. week one. Uh, dreadful for a half against Arizona. Okay, they come back and win that game, but they lose Saquon Barkley late to an ankle injury. I don't think we know exactly the status yet, but on a short week, you got to think he's not playing. And Especially I spoke against the Niners, on, yeah. Ex- <laughs> exactly. Not exactly where you want to go, uh, go to face that team in San Francisco. So this opened nine and a half Sunday night as I'm speaking to you, and one odds maker told me we got sharp money right away, and we went to 10 right away. So already a double-digit favorite for the Niners off some sharp money. Uh, laying the nine and a half against the Giants who could be shorthanded in this Thursday night game. All right. Thank you, Patrick. Patrick Everson with Vegas Insider. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. Enjoy the doubleheader for Monday Night Football and keep an eye out for all of our NFL Week 3 podcasts right here on the Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.